Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, before we uh, launch into our series on impact, uh, let me share a couple of things with you real quick. Um, First of all, you remember that we had a hurricane? Remember that? Well, when when that happened, I'm going somewhere with this. Christmas is coming, and a number of things have happened that we are not going to be doing our Meadowbrook Christmas Live production this year. Let me set that up for you real quick, and I'm glad you're disappointed rather than good. Glad we're done with that. Um, It's just an incredible, incredible thing, but it takes a whole lot to do that. When the hurricane came, the timing of it was horrible for us in, in a number of ways in our preparation for that and contracts and different things. Also, if you'll remember, we missed an entire Sunday. We did not have a Sunday. That affects the income of the church. And then beyond that, for the next few weeks, we continued to give extra into our, into our community. Plus, we had staff that some of them close to three weeks were involved in doing things uh, to help in the community. And sometimes as a leader, you, you have to make the wise decision. And uh, we just felt this was wisdom rather than wear ourselves out, overextend, and so forth. So uh, we'll not be doing that this year. However, Christmas Eve falls on Sunday, uh, December the 24th, and we're going to ramp that up. It's going to be a fabulous Christmas Eve day, so come plan to be a part of that. And thank you in advance for understanding why we would need to do that, okay? Thank you so much. All right. Well, it is the fall. It is officially November, and uh, the last few falls and in November, we have done uh, several vision initiatives and programs we've announced to you, projects and so forth. Uh, We call this Kingdom Builders, and Kingdom Builders are those who will prayerfully uh, give over and above their regular giving to help us to accomplish vision projects, vision initiatives, and so forth. And um, so those have gone incredibly well. And if you saw last week on the circular invest and invite card that we gave to you for impact, it said on there that there would be a special offering on November the 19th. And that is a kingdom builders offering. That is to help us to do something. So let me recap real quick. Last year, uh, some of the things that we said we wanted to accomplish were we wanted to upgrade some of the children's areas, switch a few of the children's and next-gen areas, secure those hallways, uh, some workspace renovations. We needed to redo and, and refit a room for our special needs ministry. Um, also, we set up what we call Dream Team Central, and that is a large area that we moved some work area out of and repurposed elsewhere. And that's a big gathering, kitchen area and so forth. It is a wonderful gathering place, uh, not only for our dream team every service, but also for our staff during the week. And so we got all of those things done. They're all done and they're all paid for. And I wanted to thank you for for doing all of that. Yeah. One One other thing that I announced to you last year, though, was also that we were going to go multi-site. And that is that we were going to launch another campus of, of Meadowbrook Church. And we said we would do that within 18 to 24 months. 
And we're actually, and I announced this a few weeks ago, but we're going to September of 2018, we're going to be launching another campus. So let me talk to you about it just, just a little bit here. So in launching a campus, there's a, a lot that, that goes with that. Um, the biggest reason I think would be why, why do that? Um, we just went to four services here. That's been a great help for us, but we are still saturated on this property as far as traffic and people and so things. And that's a good problem to have. Uh, but, and also the perception within our community is we are full and, um, we're not entirely full, but if that's perception, perception becomes reality. We believe that, um, God is helping us, you know, to reach people, to help people. The biggest reason we would want to launch another campus, hear me on this, people are hurting, families are fractured. Jesus is the answer. And we believe that church done right is the hope of the world. That is our entire focus, is to do church right. Uh, our community, close to recent estimates, close to 75% of our community do not attend church. And so what we want to do is make it hard to go to hell and easy to go to church, okay? So I want to show you a couple of things here, and we're going to give you more and more detail as time goes on. Um, we do not have our exact location yet, but we're at a place where we're ready to say September of 18, we'll be ready to go. Let me show you a couple of things real quick. This is a map of the Ocala area. The darker circle represents kind of the core of where we would draw people from. However, the saying holds true, a church alive is worth the drive. We have people coming over from Cedar Key, from Gainesville, from Stark, from Flagler Beach, from Daytona, from Orlando, and, and just all around us. We have people making that drive consistently. And then we have just um, great reach within our community. This is Southwest 20th Street. There's the church. That's you right there. Go ahead to the next one if you would. This shows that area populated out with homes. Those represent homes, not individuals, of, um, that are part of Meadowbrook. There are three different categories where we have uh, current information on. One would be through giving. The other is through NBC Kids. And the other is if they're active dream team. And so those are actual addresses studied out to show where they are. So here we are in southwest Ocala. That's where we are now. We want to draw your attention to East Ocala. This is the greatest concentration of families for the church. We have them all over. And I have some people say, well, what about Danellen? And what about here? And what about there? Be patient and let's see what God does. So let's go ahead and look a little closer at East Ocala. And um, here would be like the hospitals, Jervie Gant, Forest High School, some of those areas. So you can kind of see there. This represents, you ready for this? This represents over 1,800 people. 1,800 people that are part of our Meadowbrook family that live way out to the east. So that becomes your target area that not everybody that lives in the east has to go there. You understand. But we'll be able to form a good, um, you know, group, core group to begin to launch that. That's 1,800 people plus. Do you know what the average size of a church is in the United States right now? 86. As in 86. And that's eight. Uh, 1800 um, right there. So we've done our homework. We have researched. We have prayed. We have prayed. We have prayed. We've met together. We brought in a consultant. He's actually referred to as Mr. Multisite, uh, probably one of the uh, leading voices and consultants for this, just to see, are we ready to do this? Here's his, his exact quote as far as if Meadowbrook is ready to do multisite. He said, 
Uh, Meadowbrook Church is 11 months pregnant. <laughs> so you, you get the point, okay? So we feel we're ready to go. There's a lot that would need to happen, you know, in this upcoming year uh, to make all of that happen. But in September of, uh, go ahead to the next slide if you would. September of 2018, we'll be launching Meadowbrook East. It'll be our, our first multi-site campus. Let me tell you what multi-site is again. It's one church with several locations. It will be a video venue. Those are working so incredibly well all across the country. And uh, if you've not heard of them. Uh, trust me, they are out there, out there, out there and doing it. It's an incredible way to reach more and more people. Um, everything will be live except the message. And we hope the message will be live, alive, but it'll be through video. Everything else will be live. All the dream team, NBC kids, praise and worship, dream team, everything happening. And then we'll go to video for the teaching, an incredible way that we can multiply the message. And you say, well, I don't know if I'd like video. Let me tell you the truth. You never look at me anyway. You are always looking up there. <laughs> how, how many times during the, I could walk away seriously and, and, and leave video and you would never know it. It's like, how many times during the message do I say, okay, look at me for this? Because I'm telling you first row, second row, they're just looking up, you know, <laughs> looking up there. And so um, they were working incredibly well, and we're going to leverage technology, yet r- live people as well, and do a wonderful job there. So East Campus la- launching in 2018. Uh, go ahead to the next slide, if you would. Um, we will do a special offering to launch that on Sunday, September uh, September, November 19th. We're going to take six months. Everybody say six months. We're going to take six months. This will launch this initiative toward this so that we're ready to go next fall. We need to be good to go, all ready to go financially by um, the spring. And so this will go November through the beginning part of May. I'm going to ask everybody, everybody say everybody. Everybody do their part. Please, everybody do their part. We've done so many different initiatives, and they work because everybody does their part. That's the way your body works. That's the way your body works. Every part does its share. Some can do more than others. The point is this. We're not doing pledge cards. I'm not going to come knock on your door and say, what are you going to give? We're, we're just simply going to ask you to go pray, ask God, what should I do? And he'll show you how to do that. And whether you want to do that in one lump then, or there'll be several uh, special offerings during the six months, or you can give weekly. That's what Alicia and I are going to do is every week, we're going to divvy up what we feel like the Lord has put on our heart to do. And then we'll land that all in, in May. And so everybody do their part, everybody. And this is the other thing. It needs to be over and above. Everybody say over and above. It needs to be over and above because if we, if we rob Peter to pay Paul, so to speak, if you divert your regular giving, then it puts at risk what we're doing here. And we cannot afford to, to in any way imperil what we're doing here. We've got to be strong so that we can launch there. So we've done our, our work, our figuring, our, our research on all of this. And the cost for this, go ahead to the next one if you would. The cost to launch and operate it for an entire year will be $1.2 million. Now, for me, for you, you go, that's a lot. For us, we can do it. Y'all listen to me. We can do this thing. We've done other initiatives like this. We can do this thing. And so it's going to be all of us doing our part. Watch what God will do. Once again, watch what God will do. I got some really good news about this $1.2 million. Are so you ready for this? We've already, we already have $450,000. And that, 
that was just, I was cleaning out my pockets and I just, had, no. <laughs> now that is because last fall, you took this serious and we said we'll be launching a campus in 18 to 24 months. We paid for the other initiatives and we, we have that. We've got our footing. We've got a good, good sense of momentum going into this. We can do this. God is trusting us to do this. We believe that he is calling us to do this. We're not the only church in town, but he has put some favor on us. And we've got a lot of work to do. Over, uh, over a quarter of a million people are not going to church in Marion County. And uh, we, we want to make it, as I said, hard for people to go to hell. And we want to make it easier for them to come to church. Amen. Y'all with me? We can do this thing. Amen. All righty. Thank you. Well, let's get into the word this morning and dive right in. Did I mention that Alicia and Greta ran a race? Gave myself a note. I didn't want to forget about that. Um, we're beginning a teaching called Impact. We're going to go on this for, for three weeks. As you saw in the video earlier with the deep voice, um, every day you're going to have a personal interaction that impacts you or one way or another with about 25 people. Also, on a daily basis, with the combination of television, internet, billboards. Do you remember when billboards was just one thing on a billboard and it stayed there for like nine months, you know? And now it's switching, you know, every few seconds. We even leverage that. Um, we're on some billboards around town as well. Um, television, radio, people, T-shirts. You watch a sporting event. You can't just watch a sporting event. There's brand placement everywhere, all kinds of things. So on average, you ready for this? Every day you are, you are presented about 5,000 messages. About 5,000. You can be at the beach and say, I'm away from everything. And then a plane flies over, dragging a banner, you know. And so everywhere you go, there are messages, and uh, it's trying to impact us. Impact, by definition, is to influence, to make an impression upon, is to sway you. When you're impacted, it moves you, it shapes you, um, impacted, it affects you. And the reality is, you and I, by God, are wired for impact. Now, hear this carefully. We are wired for impact. We're made for impact. We have eyes, we have ears, we have senses, we have, we have cognitive things that are going on uh, to process all the time. We are wired to be impacted. Guess what else? We are wired to impact. We're wired to impact people and things around us. That's the way that, that things are set up. We usually impact others with what impacted us. Think about it. You know, if something strikes you as funny and you laugh about it, you can't wait to share it with somebody. You know, so you share those things. A story that stirs you, you, you share it because it impacted you. A situation that angered you. An event or a person that inspired you. A song that lifted you. We have all these things that impact us. And what happens then, once we are impacted, guess what we endeavor to do then? We endeavor to impact. So we take things in, we give things out. And whatever impacted you, you tend to impact in the same way. We've shared this before. Hurt people, hurt people. Encouraged people, encourage people. So however you were impacted, and then depending on how you process that, then you impact people around you. Look with me in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 this morning. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort. Now watch carefully. Who comforts us. Say, that's me. 
who comforts us in all our troubles. Anybody here ever had troubles? How many of you have ever had troubles? Some of you might be in them right now and not a prophet of doom, but you'll have more before everything is over. We have, we have troubles. We have challenges and, and so forth. But he comforts us in all our troubles. Talk about impact. So God impacts us by comforting us. This also means to strengthen, to sustain, to encourage when we're going through adversity. That's a good impact. He impacts us in that way, look at the next two words, so that, there's a purpose, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. That's incredible. So God comforts us, strengthens us, encourages us. Why? So that what? Come on. So that we can do that for some other people. He impacts us in such a way so that we can impact other people. Now get this, hear this, think about this. God is efficient. And God never, ever does anything for only one purpose. I would challenge you to think about it all day. You're never going to come up with something that God did that was only for one purpose. If he healed you and nobody saw it and you were all by yourself, it wasn't just to get you up off the couch. That actually affects your faith for the future. God healed me. It gives you a confidence, gives you a peace. It gets you back to your purpose and so forth. And so, you know, it's never just for one reason. He helps you so you can help. He blesses you so you can be, so you can be a blessing and on and on it goes. He forgives you so you can be free. And so this is the thing we need to realize. And I'm going to speak for myself. I'm going to speak for you. You and I are deeply and profoundly impacted by the incredible goodness of God. Can I get more than four amens on that one this morning? You and I, at least I'm just talking for me then, okay? I have been incredibly, deeply, profoundly impacted by the goodness of God. Anybody else in this place today? Now remember, when we're impacted, we impact. So if you and I will understand that and steward that properly considering his goodness considering the impact god has has had on us and has on us the only appropriate response to it is right here gratitude here it comes now gratitude everybody say gratitude as god impacts us please do not underestimate this as god impacts us with his goodness we want to make sure that there's gratitude in our hearts. Amen. And in Mark chapter 4, Luke chapter 8, there's a parable that Jesus tells. And uh, Bible scholars, editors call it the parable of the sower. Now, I'm not going to pretend to be so smart as those scholars, but I take exception with that. I don't think it's the parable of the sower. I think it's the parable of the soils. And it's a story that Jesus tells And the only variable in the story is the soil. A farmer goes out, he sows seed. It's the same farmer, it's the same seed, and there's four types of soil. When he finishes telling the story, this is one one occasion where the disciples said, could you explain that one to us? And so he begins to explain the, the parable, and he talks about who the farmer is. And then he says, and the seed is the word of God. And then he said, and the soil is your heart. 
The soil is your heart. So understand this. When God impacts us with his goodness, something should register in our heart. Now, when we talk about our heart, um, and there's a reason I think the Bible uses that idea of heart, because where is your heart? Okay. Let me do a little remedial work here. Okay. Your, your thumper, ba-boom, ba-boom, ba-boom. It's right, right in here, okay? So he's not talking about that organ pumping blood, but he's talking about the heart. You know, it's the heart of the target, the heart of the city, the heart. It's the center. I tend to, when I feel deeply moved, touched by something, I tend to, I, it almost feels like it's here. And I'm not making doctrine out of that, but I just feel like it's here. This might be the chamber where the spirit and the soul are interacting. And so it's the center, it's the seat, it's the core of who we are. Now, bear that in mind. Look with me in Proverbs chapter 4. Above all else, you, you need to make note of this verse, okay? If it's not marked in your Bible, mark it in your Bible. If it's not marked in your neighbor's Bible, mark it in their Bible, okay? <laughs> above all else, guard your, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it, from your heart. So the primary primo thing that you and I need to guard and this Old Testament Hebrew word for guard also means to protect to watch over and to maintain and so you and I are to guard our hearts because here's why because everything else flows springs grows out of your heart again you're wired to be impacted and what impacts you If it's a good thing, you impact others with it. If it's a bad thing, you have to learn how to process it. That's what we're talking about all the time here, how to process that so then you can have a good impact upon other people. But we must, must guard our hearts. And if part of guarding our hearts is to maintain our hearts, we have to make sure that there is always gratitude in our hearts. Everybody say gratitude again. Now, let's look at a couple, and and let me just say this. Gratitude is the secret sauce. You know, if you're going to be a happy, healthy believer, I believe gratitude has to be in your life. Mopey, grumpy believers, which is a real misnomer, I find that gratitude is missing in their life. So, let's look at this real quick. Look at Psalm 92. Let's look at a few aspects of gratitude. It says, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. And to sing praises to your name, O Most High. It is good, it is right to give thanks. How many of you know it's, it's right, it's good to give God thanks? Okay? So it's not just the right thing to do, it is good for you. It benefits you to give thanks to the Lord. Here's a couple of the benefits. It keeps you aware. It keeps you aware of God's presence in your life. It keeps you aware of the blessings in your life. It keeps you aware of God's goodness presence, activity in your life. Amen. Further, it conditions your heart, enriches your heart. Here's something else that's very important. It makes you feel close. I think it keeps you close to God to keep thanking him for his goodness in your life. Rather than just take it for granted and acting all spoiled. You know, the difference between being spoiled and being blessed is being grateful. Okay? So I, when you give thanks to God, it keeps you close. I have two grandbabies, one on the way. Lee and Katie are, are due in the spring. I think they're here even. Hey, y'all, give it up for Lee, Katie, and 
And Gavin's there. So far, of my five kids, they're the only ones producing for me here. <laughs> so we got boy, girl, and then it'll be a little boy in the spring. So I love, love, love my grandkids. And I want to be fun, Grandpa. They call me Peepaw. It could have been worse. I love it, though. I am Peepaw. And I love when they come over the house. I love when we go places, go eat or whatever. And lately, Gavin, he's my buddy. He's in second grade. Lately, I've been, because fun grandpa and so forth, I've been sneaking him things. So like the other night, they were at the house, and he saw in this jar in the kitchen had some fruit roll-ups. And he said, can I have one of those? And his mom said, no, because we're going to eat dinner and so forth. So then when we're leaving, I went and got one. And I came over and I went, Gav, here. So I gave him fruit roll-up and he takes it. Okay. And then, and then he leans over to me and I kind of lean down and he goes, thanks, peeps. So when you give thanks, you feel closer, right? Look in Romans 1, 21. Romans chapter 1, because although, watch this, this is, this is how our culture has arrived, where it is at right now. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, it's our culture, nor were what? Nor were thankful, but became, here's what happened then, became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. If you read the rest of that in Romans chapter 1, this ingratitude, that was the departure point, this ingratitude leads to a reckless, destructive digression. Hearts are hardened. Minds are debased. Activity is is vile. Things just go down, 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 down. And we knew God. Stop glorifying as God. And here's the pivot point right here. And, And stop being thankful. Stop being thankful to God. Let me tell you this, that an unthankful heart is fertile soil for all sin. An unthankful heart is fertile soil for all kinds of evil. I promise you, if you've ever gotten off track in your life, you've let gratitude go. And especially your gratitude toward God. Look at this, look at this statement right here. Ingratitude is the last step before rebellion. If you're raising children, you better teach them that. If you're, if you're leading anybody in anything, a team, a, a group, job, whatever else, and in your own life, lead yourself well. Ingratitude is the last step before rebellion because it shuts off the main pipeway, so to speak, of gladness, of relief, of hope, and it ruins your outlook for life when you're no longer grateful. Quickly, look with me in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. It says, therefore, by him, let us, say that's me, Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Let's break it down a little bit. It's something we're to do continually. We can't do anything continually. We are easily distracted. I'm over here. We're easily distracted. Plus, we... We can't continually do something. What he's saying is, I want you to do this as a lifestyle, as a pattern. This is part of what you do all the time, every day. Continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. What is that? 
Glad you asked because the writer tells us. The sacrifice of praise to God is this. It's the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. The fruit of our lips. Think about this. The fruit of our lips. Huh? What is the fruit of our lips? It's what you speak. It's what you say. Get this principle. Don't just think your thanks. That won't work with God. That won't work with your spouse. You know, part of the problem some of you have is you've quit saying thank you. Well, it took so long to get the laundry done. Why is dinner late? I would lick your pork chop. Did I say? Back to the message. Thank you, honey. Thank you. Thank you. And especially with God, who's been so incredibly good to us. Can you say amen? amen? The fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Now, let me just say this real quick. I believe this. We teach this. I'm either up or I'm getting up. I'm getting up. And for those of you that are new, I want to make sure you get that. I'm either up or I'm getting up. It means this. We do get down. But we don't stay down. Because when you stay down, that's when the devil eats your lunch. We don't stay down. We get back up, okay? Some people say, I never am down. (laughs) And I don't believe them because I watch them go off. (laughs) Listen, every one of us, let me get vulnerable for a moment. I have times. I have times where I just kind of feel melancholy, just kind of a little low, a little slow. I've learned this, though. Pay attention to that. Don't just accept it. Well, I'm just down. Yeah, you've been down four years now. You know, check that out. Why is that? Check that in yourself. Why am I, why am I down? And I've found, no matter whether I can figure out why I might would be down, I've found a prescription that has worked for me every time. Can I tell you what it is? It's the sacrifice of praise. It's the sacrifice of praise, which means this. I will not just think it. You have to know how your mind works, your speech centers work, your soul works. You have to know that when you kick in speech, it activates a system in you. And it energizes your soul. And so I've found not to just sit around and feel a certain way, but take the prescription, which it's good to give thanks to God, and it's good for me to give thanks to God. I benefit from it by the fruit of my lips, giving thanks, speaking out what I'm thankful for. About two weeks or so ago, it was my day off. Alicia and I are sitting on the porch. She's drinking some coffee, reading a book, and I'm feeling kind of melancholy. Just kind of, and I thought, I'm, and I couldn't figure out, there's nothing really wrong, trying to think what it is. And I thought, I'm just go walk this off and work this out. And so rather than sit there and annoy Alicia, who's reading a book, and start to say all the things I'm thankful for, I started to walk away, and she goes, where are you going? And check the mail. She goes, the mail didn't come till late in the afternoon. I just want to make sure. And as I walked off, I just kicked in speech centers. It didn't have to be loud. I didn't do it for the whole neighbor, neighborhood. And if you're in line at the mall, you need to go, I'm thankful for it, I'm thankful for it. You know, if you're going to be weird... Don't mention you come to Meadowbrook. And don't mention you're going to be part of the East Campus, okay? Don't, don't, don't mention that. 
But just to walk off and say, God, I thank you for this, and I thank you for that, and I thank you for this, and I thank you. And I turned around, and I'm walking back. Thank you, God, for my house. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for this day. And just to thank him, and I'm telling you, without fail in my life, that is a prescription that every time brings me back up. Let me just say this to you, and we'll wrap this up. Every one of you are more blessed than you are bothered. Every one of you have more sunny days than you have rainy days. Back in the 1900s, there was a Scottish preacher, pastor. His name was Alexander White. He was known for being grateful. He was known that all of his prayers started out with gratitude. And there was one Sunday morning, it was horrible, nasty weather. It was cold and wet and nasty. And some of the people in his church thought, I wonder what pastor will say about this. Wonder how he'll be grateful for this when he stands up. And the pastor got up in front of everybody and said, let's pray. And he, he simply said this, dear Lord, thank you that the weather is not always like this. <laughs> I think that works. I think that works. Hey, let me finish. Everything I have was given to me. Today, my heart will, will beat 115,000 times. Every one of them a gift. Today, I will breathe about 23,000 times. Every breath a gift. I know that God is my source, and he's never failed me. He's my guide And he's never led me astray. And I'm never alone. I'm never without help. I have so much to be thankful for. The most dangerous thing that can happen in my life and your life is to forget how we've been impacted by the incredible goodness of God and fail to nurture that gratitude with the sacrifice of praise. And I find when I nurture that which is in my heart, that's what comes out of my heart. Not only have I been impacted, but when you handle it right, It makes you strong. It makes you vibrant so that then you can impact people and the world around you. I got to stop right there. Did you get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.